would like to get started because our, our time is limited, even though I know several of us are um, out in the hallway. So good evening uh, once again. So tonight we have a presentation by the Madison Library uh, to discuss uh, a study that we asked for as a common council, and that's the Eastside Growth Strategic Plan. So with us tonight to introduce things are uh, Library Director Greg Michaels and Library planner Catherine Duarte, who, who sadly will be leaving city service yet this month, and which is why it was important that we try to fit this presentation in tonight. So please take it away, Greg, and thank you both for being here. Thank you, President Favre. Um Good evening. Uh, I want to start out first by thanking the Common Council for giving the library the opportunity to do this study. Um, it's been almost two years that we've been working on this project. And it began with a, with a great request. It, it was like, how do we cite libraries, particularly on the east side? We had some ideas. And then you came forward and said, let's do this strategically. And I thought it was a great idea. The nice departure, particularly important for the library, was we had the opportunity to hire an urban planner. So this individual, Catherine Duarte, not only brought that level of expertise to this program, but she really brought a perspective to the library that we wouldn't be able to achieve just from an internal study alone. So I, I really want to thank Catherine for the work that she put into this. And um, what I also want to introduce to the council is that this is about, this was the first time that we really focused on equity. Um, for how we were going to cite libraries, what, what that meant uh, to cite libraries with that in mind. And as you'll notice, the title of this report is Communities Inspiring Libraries. And there wouldn't be so much in the distant past that it would have been, we would have said libraries inspiring communities. And now we've turned it around. We're really looking at the community to guide us. So this plan was really brought about by conversations with vulnerable populations for underserved populations. And that was really our focus to decide on that. So we've only got about 20 minutes to do two years of work. So I want to bring Catherine up here and get started right away. But uh, uh, even in the short time, if you do want us to do follow-ups, if you want us to give you further information about the study, we'll be happy to do that as well. Good evening, um, and I will echo uh, Greg's thanks. Thank you so much for fitting us in. Uh, so it wasn't quite two years ago that I was actually in that building introducing myself to you guys as a new hire, and I'm here tonight to present the final project product of uh, what's been a really long process of community engagement, research, uh, data analysis, uh, analysis, mapping, and writing. Um, and it's the document that you should have in front of you. Um, you can let me know when I'm done if you need a copy of the plan. Um, Greg talked a little bit about the inspiration behind the title. Um, and for those on the sidelines, these plans will be available at the library uh, soon and also at madisonpubliclibrary.org very shortly. Um, so the strategic plan is largely based off of our uh, community engagement work done last year through the program TELUS or Cuentenos. Uh, this is a community conversation program that was built on the idea of amplifying underrepresented voices. 
Um, you all should have a tell us packet in front of you as well. It's in the little white envelope. Uh, this was the tool that we developed and used to collect the community feedback. The questions we asked very specifically have nothing to do with libraries. Uh, we, start, we instead sought to get at people's um, issues in their communities, their idea, um, their ideas around community, and the issues that they deal with and aspirations that they have. Um, so we promoted Tell Us through the program span from April through November of 2015. Uh, we met with Eastside Alders individually about it. We promoted it in a pretty typical way. Um, met with Alders, had library-based sessions, uh, sent it to uh, neighborhood associations. I presented, I presented it to several neighborhood associations. But really, our focus was really getting out of the library and reaching the community, um, especially our most vulnerable populations where they already are, uh, namely community centers, daycares, high schools, um, assisted living facilities, food pantries, things like that. So how did we do? Um, uh, how we defined success was by finding true representation. And we were really pleased with the results. Um, over 50 community conversations were held all over the city with over 330 participants. Uh, the average group size was about six to seven people. And knowing that these sessions were so intimate and informal, um, this made the feedback that came out of this process that much more special. It was very raw and wonderful and, and really a huge benefit of having an open-ended process like this. Uh, we were also really pleased with the generational span of our participants. We had participants as young as eight um, and some as old as uh, in their 80s. Um, and I'm particularly proud of the fact that we really did get out of the um, library and succeeded in hearing from people who aren't typical library patient, uh, patrons. Uh, only half of our respondents had library cards. And this isn't on the screen, but I'd like to point out that um, we had 17 community organizations help us out and host community um, conversations in their spaces. And I'm very grateful to, to this. Um, culturally, the majority of our participants were people of color. The racial and ethnic breakdown you see in front of you shows that the black, Latino, and American Indian communities were especially well represented in our respondent population. Um, so how do we take 52 of those packets that you see in front of you, scrawled with notes from people's conversations, how did we take that data and, and how did those conversations drive our plan? Uh, all of the data was entered, analyzed, categorized, reanalyzed, by a small team and parsed for common themes. The common themes that came up over and over were grouped into com five community priorities that make up the framework that we used for a number of decisions and analyses. Uh, these priorities that you see here can be read as roles that the library must take on explicitly and with intention. And I use those qualifiers because um, this is really the way that the library has been going for quite some time, but it was really time that we uh, first, take direct, um, explicit direction from the community, and two, um, that we start communicating with the public uh, what, what we can offer to those who still see the library as this kind of warehouse of books. Uh, so seen through a lens of equity, these community priorities, along with the um, values and, and goals attached to them that you can read more about in the plan, uh, they represent a larger narrative of a wish for 
things like um, you know, greater empathy, diversity, safety, accessibility, opportunity, and stability. Um, so our job was to take all of this info and turn it into real criteria that we could apply to library siting, um, facilities, performance, and things like that. So all of these elements that you see here are discussed in the plan. Um, this framework also has really important programmatic applications that we'll be pursuing um, in the future. Things like, um, you know, there are lots of opportunities to tie this framework, um, tie, these, tie these into liter literacy-based programs using both traditional metrics like pre-K readiness to non-traditional ones like um, healthcare self-advocacy or things like that. Um, things that came up in community conversations. So you can read more about these supplemental um, performance metrics relating to the community feedback in the plan on page 66. So was the TELUS input all that we used? Um, absolutely not. I wanted to address the other sources of data and the other supporting material that was considered um, and applied in the planning process. So the strategic plan is very heavily based on other local data. Uh, we looked at recent growth, um, planned growth, and current conditions regarding the east side's um, socioeconomic profile um, and at physical barriers to access like um, roadways, facilities, and uh, transit availability, other um, issues, of, uh, elements of the built environment. And so while we aim to serve the most vulnerable, at the end of the day, um, in order to justify building a new library, um, we need a certain critical mass of density and, and infrastructure and um, a supportive infrastructure to make getting, uh, serving as many people as possible and making it as, making it as accessible as possible. So um, to do that, we had to figure out who was being underserved. So the um, images that you see in front of you are some ways that we looked, are some things that we looked at to figure out where the pockets of poor service are on the east side. Uh, what you see here are two ways that we visualize library service areas by checkout patterns and by five minute drives. The image on the left uh, shows the boundaries of users who check out materials in their corresponding neighborhood libraries. And the image on the right is, um, shows the area theoretically accessible by a five minute drive and the different colors that you see correspond to, um, whether it's a local or a surrounding library. The three blue diamonds you see are Lakeview, um, Hawthorne, and Pinney, and surrounding it are the um, five-minute drives around Sun Prairie, uh, Monona, and, and McFarland. And the numbers that you see on the map on the right are the areas that we took, uh, we took a preliminary look at to see what the population counts, the densities, and projections looked like before moving on to choosing sites to score in the next round. Um, so at this point, area three was eliminated because it was pretty safely in the penny usage boundaries and because there are no plans for significant infill or development. So in order to zoom in on sites to um, analyze, we had to figure out a good way to identify where we could benefit from a certain population density, reliable transit, nearby employment center, and other community assets. Um, and that's when we just thought that uh, transit-oriented developments, or TODs, take pretty much all of these factors into consideration. So we've used TODs basically as a proxy um, for appropriate sites. And the map in front of you shows 
um, a half mile radius around each planned TOD on the east side. Um, and it also shows critical assets like childcare centers, schools, libraries, bicycle paths, and things like that. Um, so with area three eliminated, what we, we chose sites in areas one, two, four, and five to look at, which were respectively Rindall Park, Easttown Mall, Reiner Road, and Grandview Commons. So um, each site was, based, uh, was scored based on infrastructural capacity, either current or planned, um, critical adjacencies, and a socioeconomic need. The scoring protocol is fairly straightforward. Um, it's only based on demonstrable demographic data, and each site scenario looked at the site from an east side and a larger, uh, or rather in a, in a more zoomed-in neighborhood context. Um, and on what you'll also see in the site scenarios are more um, broad discussions on the advantages and disadvantages of the site according to community priorities uh, listed in the framework that you saw earlier. So here's the big spoiler. Um, here are the reviewed sites and their scores, 55 being the highest possible score. And uh, Rindall on the uh, top left was the highest score of all, with East Town Mall a close second. Reiner Road third only because of the density and land use mix that are planned in the far future. And Grandview Commons last for the relatively low density and the fact that it's almost going to be completely built out. So um, the final recommendations, and you can read the site scenarios in more detail in the plan, and you can read more closely on the discussion of all the pros and cons of each site. But as the final, <laughs> as the last spoiler, the siting recommendations are what you see in front of you. Basically, our first priority was to address those large service gaps, especially the biggest one being in Northeast Madison. And Rindall, we feel, does this in spades for lots of reasons, but the biggest one is the fact that it serves Sandberg Elementary, which uh, uh, is the only east side school outside of a library service area, and it's also a school with a 70% uh, population of students of color, um, which really uh, hit our, our major equity criteria pretty strongly. And the next priority is to address the inefficiencies and uh, capacity issues that we have at Hawthorne and Lakeview. Um, so some guidelines are offered there for relocation and expansion, which more or less follow the TOD adjacency rule um, and are also provided in the plan. And lastly, as the city incorporates more land to the east and we absorb more density east of the interstate, um, the library needs to keep its finger on the pulse of those neighborhoods growing um, east of the interstate and also stay in touch with the um, plans of other agencies in the school district. There are no specific budgetary or design recommendations in the long-term uh, recommendation, but uh, it's more of a, there are so many variables in the way. Um, it's more of a nudge just to keep the library at the table for discussions about growth. So I know that we're on a pretty strict time scale and I wanna leave the table open for questions. So um, I just wanna make sure I get to those. So. If uh, you have any questions that come up later, uh, I'd like to address them you know, afterwards. You can always reach me here for, for a few more days <laughs> before I leave. So.
appreciate your efficiency very much, Catherine. Uh, we are on City Channel, for those that aren't, from, aren't don't realize that, so because of that we do need to utilize the sound system to ask questions of Catherine and Greg. So uh, please just press your button if you're interested in speaking, and City Channel in the rear of the chamber will be controlling the, the speaking buttons. I think I saw, did I see Alderperson DeMar? Mm -hmm. Thank you. So when you were doing the siting on the five-minute drive in grade schools that were supported by libraries, I'm not sure that's the word you used, but um, how did you look at all the development east of Reiner Road and the proposed development east of Reiner Road? And Cottage Grove, I don't think, has a library because they have the mobile library that goes there that's Dane County. Um, did you look at all of that area of Madison, and, and how did that come into play here? Again, the biggest issue was the critical density. It's not that I, um, the southeastern part was eliminated because there, there weren't anybody there. Um, it, we looked at density and also planned uh, sorry, density. So current conditions and planned future conditions. And um, we found that the majority of the planned growth was going to be mostly uh, north of Highway 30, the, plant, the uh, high density mixed use developments. Um, as things are now, they're just, things are served. I, I admit that they're not as well served as in the central Madison area. But well, no, they're not served. I mean, they're not served. <laughs> Less so than, than the northeast areas. and those. That very well could be. I, I agree that northeast Madison also needs access to library services. I just know that there's so many people in Amanda's or Alder Hall's district and my district that simply are not served. And so, you know, given and and like 300 more apartments coming online this year. So, you know, to in it, Grandview, and I'm not saying that it should even be at Grandview because I think that's too close to Penny, right? Sure. But um, it, given that there's it, that ranked 25 is is there 25 points? Mm -hmm. This is the first time really looking at this, so my thoughts are a little disjointed. Did you do that? with the thought that that would be the site, Grandview? And did you give any other consideration to other sites? Be because I know um, Viridian had uh, promised land there, but beyond that, did you look broadly or? Again, I, I know I very quickly laid out the, the process of, el of elimination, but really the biggest factors were density and transit availability. So that narrowed down, using TODs as a, as a proxy, that really narrowed down the areas in the, underserved area, in the underserved areas. Okay. I would like to sit down with you and understand that because I have a whole bunch of constituents that are going to want more answers than I'm able to give them right now. Um, but I will just leave you with the, the failure that we have in transportation access to so many people in this city should not continue to promote siting of resources? It's, um, it, that's a huge barrier. And it's, we recognize it's a huge that. barrier. And um, we've been trying to uh, 
collaborate as best that we can with yeah, Metro. I know. Um, uh, Metro has, to give you a great example with the new Penny relocation, Metro has already designated an additional route from Allied Drive uh, to that area. So, I, I mean, it's, it's certainly it's Sequoia has to be closer. Right. Sequoia Library is closer to Allied Drive than. Penny. Oh, Creek. Oh, Sorry. Creek. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I know. I mean, it's the other, the other consideration we challenging. Have with developing a strategic plan is the level of investment yeah. that we'd have opportunity to make. Yeah. Um, if we open a new library, um, not only is there the capital investment, um, outside of the relocation of an existing where we can maintain most of most of our staff, but if we open a new library, then we also have the additional expense of the operating expenses with bringing on new staff. So that that was part of the strategic nature of this plan. Okay, and beyond brick and mortar, because that's what I've been talking about since you were hired to do this study, is that we need to think beyond brick and mortar. Um, in, in buildings and operating costs of buildings and being able to get service to people um, that are transportation challenged and aren't going to have anything coming their way um, in the near future does, without having read this study, does this study in any way or in, in some way or in lots of ways um, address other ways that folks can have library services in other places or? That, that would be more focused on our operations and our programming as opposed to the actual siting. Okay, so, so that's, it's, it's, it's that in here. Discussions that we've had before where we're looking to build capacity with collaborations, for instance, programs that we're doing now with public health uh, to reach certain populations that we wouldn't be able to reach just as a library alone. So we're looking at those opportunities more and more mm -hmm. as we're trying to reach the areas specifically that you're talking about. Well, maybe not, because I'm talking about, you know, I've said this, I don't know, maybe 45 times in the past three years, and there is not one child in my entire district that can access a library, not one. We can talk later. You know, so it's, it's, and many of those children you probably didn't consider in this study. Thank you. So I'd like to, one more thing. I, this is a land use study, so what our staff is going to be doing is taking all of the data that I've been collecting, such as, um, you know, looking at what, how we define service models, and as Greg said, that'll be a programmatic, those will be programmatic decisions later. So. Um, First, I just want to say I agree with the conclusion, but how you got there is somewhat of a mystery to me. I mean, I think you're saying at the now in just your discussion that this is a land use study and that what you looked at was density and, um, and uh, transportation uh, options, but it's filled with this stuff on framework and holistic health advocacy and I, I just don't get the connection. I mean, it seemed like there was this 50 meetings and then you did this 
substantive study of how land use is um, uh, futured here, both current and in the future, and then proceeded along that line. So maybe you could sort of connect the dots here from sure. these two different, very di disparate activities. So in the plan, uh, there's a lengthy section on methodology and how we applied yeah. all of the uh, community concerns into the scoring tool. And that's where it's more than just a land use decision and we talk about uh, socioeconomic need. So we look at things like poverty, not just critical mass of people, but the poverty in those areas, the diversity in those areas, um, what kind of transportation they use, uh, levels of uninsured, uh, unemployment levels. So this is what I meant by having demonstrable data to show. And you'll see in the appendix the um, density maps that are, that are uh, supplied at the end showing how we used people's uh, most vulnerable populations' concerns about access. Yeah, I got that. I, what I'm getting at is you had the framework, which has <clears throat> um, economic engine and holistic health advocacy and a number of different areas, and that seems to be just uh, separate from the later part of the study, which is very database and makes sense. Sure. I invite you to look at the um, site suitability goals, the matrix on page 42, and just how we scored that and how we took um, the issues from the community conversations, which, again, were distilled into those framework issues, and, and you can get in touch with me later to talk about how those were in, incorporated into the scoring tool. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else? Thank you. Um, I do have a question. Could you make available the, your um, slide presentation? Absolutely. Okay, because it will make it easier to track where things are located within the report. Okay. Thank you. Thanks very much. Uh, again, I just wanted to uh, thank the, the council for this opportunity to do this study. Um, it was a significant investment by, by you, and um, it, was, it was really welcome. It's, it, it, I believe we've achieved a lot, and uh, we're very grateful for the support. Thank you. Thank you very much. And, and, close, and closing, I, I do think we have one quick question from Alderperson Rummel. Does this report go to any other city bodies, or is it just, I know it was at the library board as a draft, but does it go to planning commission or any other place? Well, we'll bring a copy to the planning department. Uh, they'll have access to it. We'll have it available in all of our libraries. And then what we hope to do is really, again, go back to those communities that we had the conversations with to let them know what the results of that were. So it's it's just beginning the distribution. But, but as far as that thing going through the city process, it, it's not doing that other than the library As board. far as being officially accepted by the council? Yeah. It'll be a, it's already been accepted by the library board. Um, if you'd want to bring it forward to I the council. I just was trying to get clear what, if we could expect to see it again or, or not. If I could jump in, I, I would actually recommend that, that you do just that, Greg, and introduce it as a formal common council resolution accepting this report, considering it was a two years of good work, okay. uh, and refer that to 
even though the library board's already accepted it, refer it to the library back to the library board, the board of estimates, the plan commission, and anywhere else that that colleagues might uh, like to formally have it. I think it's good practice to do that. All right. And and let me uh, too thank you both very much for being here, and thank you again, Catherine, for your good work. I'm sorry that you're leaving the city after two years uh, of service to us, but best of luck in your future endeavors, Catherine. Thank you. Very thank you much. both. Bye bye. Actually, um, linked to the legislative file, so if you want that, otherwise, I can forward it to you.